Thank you, John. And thanks to every one of you for being here this morning. I was, or this afternoon, I was really looking forward to just uh, gathering together today. As I was getting in the car to come over here, I felt uh, what can be just described as sort of a giddy enthusiasm as I got in the car and I was backing out to drive over here. Um, for you know, last three months, I've been you know, driving over to the church house to do the live stream, and I've been thankful for the live stream, and uh, glad we're able to continue it as well for those of you who aren't able to join us in person today. Um, but it was wonderful to worship the Lord together with you, church. There's something special when we're all gathered together to sing the praises of Christ and uh, to enjoy Him together. Amen. And so thank you so much for coming out here, and uh, so glad to be able to worship together with you. Grateful as well for the Fairview Christian School opening up their doors. And isn't it nice and cool in here? It's, uh, it's even cooler in here right now than, uh, than the coolness that we try to contrive at the Governor Mifflin Middle School in the middle of uh, the summers. And uh, so I'm very thankful for the air conditioning and for uh, the comfort for you all. And um, I want to also just give a happy Father's Day out to all the dads. And is my dad here today? Is he here? I, I, I didn't see him on the way in, but I'm not sure. Daniel, he's not here. Um, I want to say hi to my dad. Dad, if you're, uh, you know, watching on the live stream, happy Father's Day to you. You are the best dad in the world. And so I love you. And I'm so grateful to have you as my dad. And for all the dads in our church here this morning, I want to uh, just let you know that I'm grateful for all of you and the influence that you have on your children's lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's nothing more important that we can do as fathers than to influence our children with the precious good news of the gospel of Christ. And it's never too late. Whether your children are, are brand new, um, like Andrew Coiro here celebrating his first Father's Day with his little baby girl, um, or if you are a father of many, many years and your children are all grown, we can still proclaim Christ to our children. And may we never tire, brothers, of proclaiming Jesus to our kids. Um, it's the greatest privilege we have as fathers. Uh, many people talk about the importance of fathers being providers for their family. And the men in our church are hard workers on behalf of their family, and I'm grateful for that. My dad has set such an example to me of being a hard worker, has worked hard all of his life to be a material provider um, for me and my sisters and my mom. I'm so grateful for him. But my dad also has been a spiritual provider of godly counsel and prayer to my soul, to which I am eternally grateful. And I know I can speak for my sister Danielle and my sister Danae in that as well. And it's important, gentlemen, for us to be not just material providers for our family, but even more important than that, let us be spiritual providers for our families by giving Jesus Christ to our children and to never tire of proclaiming Jesus Christ and Him crucified, risen from the dead, for the glory of His namesake. Um, before I get into uh, the message, and I, I ask you to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, 
Um, some of you may know the story of uh, when I had the honor of uh, marrying Brian and Amy Smith a number of years ago. Well, I've got good news for you. I'd like to ask uh, John and Bonnie to stand up right now. It looks like there might be another uh, wedding on the way because Bonnie's engaged. John and Bonnie, congratulations on your engagement. We are so excited for you. It looks like for John and Bonnie that social distancing hasn't been practiced during the quarantine in their case, but God's brought them together in engagement. And so I'm delighted about that, John and Bonnie, and grateful for you guys. And I'm excited. They asked me if I would do their wedding Valentine's Day of next year, to which I would be honored to do that. And I'm so thankful to congratulate you guys here this morning. And um, I don't think uh, John and Bonnie will want me to do this during their message, but Brian and Amy during their wedding ceremony asked me to um, share um, a reference from the movie The Princess Bride. You may remember the movie The Princess Bride. Um, I'm hoping that everybody in this congregation has seen the movie The Princess Bride. Um, If you have not yet seen The Princess Bride, Um, It is a homework assignment for you um, because you you cannot go to your grave without understanding what an RUS is. You need to know what an RUS is. And uh, just shorthand, it stands for rodents of unusual size. And so um, I want to encourage you to get the movie, enjoy it. But there's a pastor in Princess Bride and uh, that pastor, um, when he gets up to uh, do the, the marriage ceremony that he performs during the, during the movie, he has an unusual voice, and he says, marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. <laughs> and so I did that at Brian and Amy's wedding at their request, and um, there were guests in the crowd who had no idea that I was going to do that. And immediately upon me doing that, thought, that voice doesn't match that guy. And people were confused and freaking out about me imitating the voice of uh, the pastor and Princess Bride. But um, I was, Brian sent me this meme earlier in the week, and I don't know if we have it, but Um, Basically, it was the pastor involved with Princess Bride. And instead of saying the first word, marriage, he said, quarantine. And so I'll do my best imitation of that right now. And I'll say this, quarantine. Quarantine did not hinder us from being together today. And I'll have to probably try to send that meme to you so you can enjoy it because uh, it was cracking me and Brian up when we were having our budget review meeting this week. That was one of the best budget meetings I've ever been to. We're talking about Princess Bride. It was great, Brian. We did talk about the church finances as well, church. You can rest assured that we did do that. So um, I am so thankful to be here together with you all today and um, so moved um, 
just gathering together in person, worshiping the Lord Jesus together with you. And I parked all the way down at the end of the street because I wanted to walk all the way up Cotton on my way in um, just to just walk down the street and to pray for this neighborhood and for the many, many thousands of men, women, and children that are gathered um, all around this location. I'm so thankful that God and His providence has given us this location and has enabled us to have a real gospel influence in this neighborhood already. So many of you have labored to preach the gospel to uh, many children in this area through the Good News Club. And I'm so thankful for all of your labors in doing that. But I was so moved with compassion as I was walking up the street and I was hearing some sweet uh, Latino hip-hop as I was coming down the street. It seemed like every door and every household was wide open. I could have probably walked in and just started hanging out. It seemed like a very hospitable, hospitable street. But as I was walking by and enjoying the beats, I knew I had to keep walking in order to make it to church, or I would have probably just joined into a dance party right on Cotton on the way in. But I was so moved by the need for the people of this area to hear the gospel. And my heart was filled with compassion to want to see the gospel continue to advance all around the Reading area and the suburbs and in the city. And so I wanted to just share a brief word that's on my heart related to the compassion of Jesus. The compassion of Jesus. And I'd like you to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. We're going to read verses 35 through 38. So if you would read God's Word together with me here. And um, before I read this, I wanted to let you know, just by way of security, so thankful for Scott Wagner and his help this week. He's going to be patrolling the parking lots, both parking lots, um, just to make sure <clears throat> in serving security outside during the service while we're all here, he offered to do that. I was so grateful for Scott and for the many ways he's serving us this morning. But Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38 says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. The title of the message is The Compassion of Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank You so much for Your compassion toward us. We thank You that You took pity 
on us when You saw us in our lost and sinful condition. Thank You, Jesus, that You said that the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Your compassion led You to leave Your Father's side and to come down into this fallen world and to suffer and bleed and die so that sinners like us who repent of our sins and believe in You might be forgiven and might be saved. Thank You so much, Jesus, for coming to seek and to save the lost. Thank You for Your compassion that You have when You looked on the crowds You were filled with compassion. Help us likewise, Lord, to be filled with compassion. Your compassion for the crowds all around us. We pray that You would do this. In Jesus' name, Amen. I am so affected here by the example of Jesus Christ, and we learn something of His heart here in this passage. And um, just during this summertime season, there's a book that I'm going through and I'm reading with my uh, daughter Ashlyn as she's attending her care group. Um, This book um, is by Gavin Ortland, I believe, and it's entitled Gentle and Lowly. Gentle and Lowly. And it's a book that Alex Swan and Ethan Prouse as care group leader and assistant care group leader um, looked into and purchased for their care group to go through this summer. And if you're interested in a summer reading book that will help you to get more into understanding the heart and the nature of Jesus Christ, I would encourage you to pick up Gentle and Lowly by Gavin Ortland, and enjoy this summer and your summer reading. I used to never enjoy summer reading when I was um, back in junior high and high school. My sister Danielle was always good at her summer reading, and we would go down the beach, and she would be faithfully reading her summer reading book even while we were hanging out at the beach. Good student and wonderful person that she is. Her brother was too busy collecting jellyfish and playing and and diving into the waves and just about breaking his neck doing flips in the ocean. And um, I would have been much better served picking up my summer reading books, I'm sure. But now I love reading and I love summer reading and I want to encourage us all to dive into good books that will help us to love Jesus more. But the nature of Christ, the heart of Christ is seen here in this passage beginning in verse 35 it talks about Jesus that he didn't just stay stationary or static he went throughout all the cities verse 35 and the villages so he went into the city he went into the suburbs if you will into the villages and he taught in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. In the city, 
And in the villages, Jesus went and would not allow any barrier to stop him from going and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And also, this shows his heart of compassion, healing every disease and every affliction amongst the people. Verse 36 says, and this gets into the heart of Christ, and something I want us all to climb into today. When he saw the crowds, I want you to imagine for a moment if you were painting a portrait of Jesus in this moment in verse 36, that Jesus looked upon the crowds, what would His face look like to you in your painting of Him if you were painting Him? If you could have a photograph of Jesus in this moment looking on the crowds, what would it look like? What would the features of His face look like when it says in the second half of verse 36, He had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. In the book of Micah chapter 5, we hear that the Messiah, when He comes, would be a good shepherd and He would be one who came and, and had compassion on the people. And here we see a fulfillment of Micah 5 and we see that Jesus saw the crowds and He had compassion for them. In fact, many of the instances where Jesus heals throughout the Gospels, it, it talks about Him compassioning people with His hands laid upon them and healing taking place. Jesus compassioned people and He had compassion for them. He saw their condition as harassed and helpless. He saw that they were like sheep without a shepherd. And He had compassion for them. So this is the heart of Jesus Christ. It's one of compassion toward the crowds. And we know that this heart isn't just the heart of Christ, the second person of the Trinity, but it's also the heart of the Holy Spirit. It's also the heart of God the Father as well. God the Father in John chapter 3, verse 16, in a verse many of us know by heart, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave His only Son. God the Father so loved the world. Now many times when the Bible's talking about the love of God for His people, it's talking about the distinct and special love that He has for His bride, for His church. But in John 3.16, we get a glimpse into the love of God for the masses. The love of God for the crowds and for all the lost and for all human beings that He has created and made before He even sends His Son to redeem lost sinners to Himself by sending His Son Jesus to shed His blood on the cross. Before He sends His Son to save us, the Bible says God the Father loved us. This is a very important point. God the Father loved us. And it's His love 
that sent forth His only Son, Jesus, to lay down His life for us on the cross. In other words, God the Father doesn't just love us because Jesus died for us and cleaned us up, and now He can love us. This news is even better. God the Father saw you and I in our lost and miserable sinful condition deserving of eternal punishment in hell. And God the Father loved us even as our church verse so wonderfully proclaims while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners, God the Father loved us and sent His Son for us. His love for you precedes even His creation of you and I. His love for us, God the Father's love, preceded the sending of His Son to die for us. So it's important for you to know that God the Father doesn't just love you. Because Jesus cleans you up. Now Jesus did clean you up if you've believed and trusted in Him. Christ and His shed blood on the cross has atoned for all of your transgressions and sin and as well as mine. And the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ that He earned in His sinless life. God the Father has chosen to credit to us Jesus' perfect righteousness it's been imputed to every true believer in Jesus Christ. We've been credited with that righteousness of Christ that He earned. We've been justified by grace. But it's important to note that God the Father loved you even before the foundation of the world. And Jesus, likewise, even before you were saved while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. There's the Gospel. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. He was buried and on the third day He was raised in accordance with the Scriptures. Christ came and His heart here is seen in Matthew chapter 9 that He had compassion for the crowds. The Gospel of John says that Jesus came to His own, but His own did not receive Him. He came to His own people and His own people rejected Him. But even despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and familiar with grief. Mankind has given God grief. And yet, while we were yet sinners. Christ. Thank God that verse doesn't say Christ judged us. Christ died for us. Christ suffered Himself to be judged for us. God the Father poured out His holy and righteous wrath upon His Son in order 
for you and I in this room who have repented of our sins and trusted in Christ, that we might be here today, that we might sing in this place, we might sing in Governor Mifflin Middle School, we might sing in Fairview Christian School, we might sing out in the field, wherever we are, we have the good news to proclaim and to sing that though we were once lost, now we've been found. Though we were once blind, now, brothers and sisters in Christ, now we see, now we see, all because our God of compassion sent His Son Jesus filled with compassion toward us. And when He looked out on the crowds, Jesus had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's the heart of God. You want to know what Jesus is like? He is compassionate. He is kind. He is merciful to any who will come before Him this morning with all of your burdens and your guilt. You can come before the Savior Jesus Christ and He will not hold you at a distance like mankind might hold you at a distance. He will receive you, sinner. He will show you compassion unlike you've ever known. And I'm up here today as your pastor and I am here preaching this glorious gospel for one reason and one reason alone. God has had compassion on me. And you are here this morning, and if you are born again and you are saved, you are here for one reason and one reason alone this afternoon, and that is because God has had compassion on you. And his heart is filled with compassion towards you even now. With all that you're facing. With all that you're struggling with. Mankind might look in and be disgusted. God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit are filled with compassion towards you. Jesus is gentle and lowly, and he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I, I will give you rest. I want you to be greatly encouraged this morning, my brothers and sisters. What do you see when you look into the heart of God? What do you see when you imagine Jesus' countenance as He's looking at you during what might have been a very terrible, difficult season for you over the last season of your life? Maybe you've come in aware of your guilt and your many sins. What do you imagine His heart is like towards you this morning? I can tell you this. He's got more compassion towards you than anyone has ever had compassion towards you in your entire life. He looks upon you with eyes of love, willing to come and shed His own blood 
while you were yet his enemy, he did that. And the logic of Romans chapter 5, verse 8, our church verse that we love so much, the logic is this. If God loved you that much, and if Christ was that compassionate towards you while you were his enemy, while you were yet a sinner, my brother, my sister, my friend, what is your Savior Jesus Christ's heart now towards you? Now that you are one of God's very own children. If He loved you so much and demonstrated His love by proving it, by dying on the cross for your sins and rising from the dead, I want to encourage you, church, with this. His compassion towards you, it never fails. And it will not ever cease. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And that is the reason why we are still in existence as a local church after 19 happy years together serving Jesus faithfully in this area. And our confidence going forward into our future, even as we sung this morning, is that I don't know the future, but I worship our God who holds the future in His hands. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, and His mercies never come to an end. I wanted you to get a glimpse into the heart of God this morning, and I want you to imagine Jesus, looking over the crowds, having compassion for them. And when He saw people, He took pity on them and had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. And brothers and sisters, I'm moved in my own heart that when God has come and has saved us with such compassion, He likewise calls us as His people to be a compassionate people that reflect His compassionate heart toward this lost world so desperately in need of a Savior. And so, next week, I want to look at not just our God of compassion and our Savior of compassion, but also the calling that He gives to us to likewise be compassionate and to be ever-growing in our compassion toward the crowds. And we'll look at that next week. But for now, let us as a local church family revel and exult in this truth. That though we were once, as Ephesians 2 called us, the faraway ones, now we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. God the Father loved us even before we were created, even before the foundation of the world. And He purposed in His heart to send His Son Jesus to die for us. So that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. Is that not good news? 
(laughs) Is that not good news for our weary souls this morning to know that God the Father loves us. His love preceded the sending of His Son. His love preceded the sending of His Son. And Jesus, both when He was dying on the cross and even now as He looks on your life, He looks upon you and He sees you with His eyes of compassion and grace. And the promise over your life is as true over you as it is over mine. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Amen? Tom, if you can return, we're going to close in worship. Let me just pray and ask for the Lord to bless the remainder of our time. Lord, we just thank You so much for Your heart. Thank You, Jesus, that when You look on the crowds, Lord, when You looked upon them, Your heart was filled with pity and compassion. And Jesus, it wasn't just Your heart, but You backed it up with action. You healed every disease and every affliction. You proclaimed the Gospel in the cities and in the villages. Jesus, You came to seek and to save the lost. And the reason we are here right now, saved, for those of us who have believed and repented, is because You have sought us out. You have come after us. While we were yet sinners, You died for us. And we just want to say, Jesus, thank You for being such a compassionate Savior. Thank You for being such a compassionate friend. Lord, we are here right now with hope in our hearts and hope to be able to give to this lost world because You took pity on us and because You had compassion for us. And we are so thankful, God of compassion, that You love us like You do. And Jesus, that You were willing to sacrifice Yourself the way You have. We love You, and we praise You, and we thank You for who You are and all that You've done. In Jesus' name, Amen. Church, let's stand and worship Him together. If it wasn't for the compassion of Jesus Christ, every single one of us would be going to hell. And instead of us going to the eternal hell that we deserve, because God is a God of love, and Christ is a Savior who has had compassion on us, we are not going to go to hell separated from the presence of God forever. But we will enjoy looking into those eyes of compassion and those eyes of grace forever and ever and worshiping and praising Him as He alone deserves. Church, let us thank Him. Let us give Him praise. You are awesome, Jesus. You are awesome. We praise You and we thank You. Thank You for saving us. Thank You for saving us. Thank you for saving us and having mercy on us. Almighty God, compassionate Savior, compassionate, compassionate Savior, we love you with all of our hearts and we ask that you would increase our love for you even more as we head out from this place. 
thank you for allowing us to gather today. Thank you that we could. We needed this, Lord, to be together as your body, praising you together in each other's presence. Thank you for your goodness. It is so good to be back together. We love you and we praise you for you are awesome indeed. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Love you, church family. Love you much. And now enjoy fellowship together. God bless you.